Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to The Point. Hope you guys are all doing well. I'm your host, Noah Warren. And once again, just wanted to say off the top, got a bit of a cold. The cough is on full alarm today. We'll see what I can do. I hope that my voice can hold up. It doesn't sound too bad. I've been coughing a lot today. So that's just, just wanted to let you guys know if that happens throughout the show. I apologize. We're going to see what we can do to fight it because we got a lot to talk about today, a lot to get into. So I want to stay on task. And today's show, we will go over the national championship game last night, which turned out to be not much of a game. And I lost some money betting on TCU. So not a great night. I want to go through head coaching candidates in the NFL, different potential landing spots for me. I also want to get into a few Patriots items that I think are interesting. And if I'm Bob Kraft, I would look at doing this offseason. We're going to touch on some, just got a few NHL thoughts, a few games last night before Seamus joins me in about an hour's time. And then Seamus and I will chat about a number of things, including some NBA stories, because I haven't talked to NBA here on the pod in quite a bit. And also, we will give out our predictions for 2023. I have no idea what Seamus has. I did not give him a parameter. I said, go through the whole world of sports for myself. I know I went from hockey. I got a golf. I got a golf prediction. I have a UFC prediction. So we'll get into all of that uh, forthcoming. So stay tuned for that later on in the show. But it was a Monday night, January 9th, and it's the final game of the college season. The final four was on New Year's Eve. Every other team has played their bowl games, and two teams remain. The TCU Horn Frogs, the Texas Christian Horn Frogs, and the Georgia Bulldogs, who are looking to win back-to-back national championships. And I went into the game looking at TCU plus 12 and a half. I wanted this game to be close. I only bet on underdogs and I bet on TCU. And I sit here today looking at the game, looking at the line, and I'm truly embarrassed. And it was a 65 to 7 Georgia route last night. And just another gem of, an, of, a, of a game from a program that is now the most dominant program in all of college football. Georgia has passed the University of Alabama. They are the gold standard. They are they set it. And now Alabama, the Ohio State, Michigan are all looking at Georgia trying to figure out how do we get to their level. And it started out with something of a bit of a swan song. It started out as a bit of a meteoric rise where Georgia had highly touted recruit JT Daniels at quarterback, and they had Stetson Bennett Jr. the fourth, who was a community college transfer. And Stetson Bennett beat out JT Daniels, the starting quarterback job. Georgia lost to Alabama last year in the SEC championship game, but found their way into the playoff. Before you know it, bing, bang, boom, they beat Ohio State. They beat Alabama in the national championship, and it was Georgia's first championship in over 45 years. 
it was a celebration, but it was also something that I looked at and said, okay, it was a nice story. It was Clemson winning a national championship. It was somebody dethroning Alabama, and anybody can get behind that. But what Georgia has done this year is be the most dominant force, be the gold standard in the NCAA for 18 months. They've been the best program. They were ranked number one all year long. They have not lost a game since the SEC championship game last season. Stetson Bennett, who is 25 years old, he's older than me, still playing college football, had six total touchdowns last night, which tied a national championship record with the Prince, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. He now has two national championships. He's, he was the offensive MVP in both games, and he is going to leave the best quarterback in the history of Georgia football. And you could argue Stetson Bennett is leaving the sport one of the best quarterbacks in the history of college football. Winning two national championships is very rare, and yet Stetson Bennett has not won a Heisman, was nominated this season, but winning two national championships, being the MVP in both games on the offensive side of the football, and having two seasons of only having one loss is truly incredible. <coughs> now, he had help. Lad McConkey, very good wide receiver. Adonis Mitchell. He had one of the best defenses in, I, I would argue, the best defense in the college football modern era last year with eight players going in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. He also has Brock Bowers, who, is, who would be the highly touted tight end if he was eligible to be drafted this year. I think he'd be a top 10 pick, if not higher. He would be this year's Kyle Pitts. But instead, he, you need to play three years of college football. He's played two already, and he has two national championships. He finished last night with close to 200 receiving yards. He caught a touchdown and he's as versatile as any player in college. He can be used as a running back. He can be used as a slot receiver. He can be used as a tight end. You can line him out on the outside. He is a weapon. Georgia is a pipeline for the, for the NFL. Jalen Carter, a projected top five pick, declared for the NFL draft today, fresh off winning a national championship. Jordan Davis was a first-round pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. Devin Lloyd was a first-round pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have uh, Lewis Sign with the, with the Minnesota Vikings was the last pick of the first round from the Georgia Bulldogs. They are a pipeline. They are what Alabama used to be. Now, Alabama still has great talent. Bryce Young will likely go first overall in the 2023 NFL draft, depending on what the Bears decide to do with that pick. But Georgia is doing something special, and you saw something last night that you rarely see. Nick Saban was on the panel with the College Game Day crew with with uh, Rich Davis, uh, so Rich Rich, uh, yeah, Rich Davis, sorry, Rich Davis and uh, Reese Davis, pardon me, 
and Kirk Herbstreet, uh, Pat McAfee, and David Pollock. David Pollock, the former Georgia Bulldog, who said on the air, Kirby Smart is the, the standard now in college football. He is, he is the new king of the castle. And Nick Saban had to sit there on the set with a glare, but he had no retort. Because Nick Saban lost to Georgia in the, in the national championship last year and did not make the playoffs this season. They are being out-recruited by Georgia, and Nick Saban has won seven national championships. But again, we're seeing another shift in the sport with name, image, and likeness. And just, I believe, Kirby Smart is an excellent head coach. He knows how to build a program. He knows how to find great talent and how to put it all together. This is a very good college football season. You saw lots of things. You saw the rise of USC. Caleb Williams, who will likely be the number one pick in next year's draft, show up and show out. Lick and Riley head with him to USC and what they built there in just one season. Chip Kelly having a great season at UCLA. You look at Georgia and, and the competition with Alabama. LSU, the first year of Brian Kelly making it to the SEC championship game. A really big deal for that program following the turmoil of the past couple of years. Ohio State getting to the Final Four despite losing to Michigan. Michigan beating Ohio State for the second straight year. And despite all of that, their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, just might end up in the NFL after interviewing for the Denver Broncos today. And then we get to, to the big story for me, minus the Georgia dominance, and that's TCU. TCU, who had a really good coach in Gary Patterson for a long time, coached over 20 years at Texas Christian, still an advisor, but he stepped down as head coach, and they replaced him with Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes came into this program, and he led the team to a 13-2 record this season. And the national championship game is an eyesore. It's ugly. It was a boring game. The game was over midway through the second quarter. There was a great team, and there was a team that was happy to be there last night. But one game does not define everything, because this was a massive season for TCU. Sonny Dykes won AP Coach of the Year, Associated Press. Max Duggan was nominated for the Heisman. Max Duggan in TCU, a Pac-12, the Pac, so the the Big 12 with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma and Texas and all these big programs that you hear about that are talked about all the time. TCU beat all of those programs. TCU beat Texas and primetime in Texas. Sorry, Matt Wright. TCU beat Kansas State, then in the Big 12 championship game, went to overtime. Max Duggan has the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in school history. Keandre Miller ran for over 1,000 yards. He will be in the NFL next season. Quinton Johnson will be in the NFL next season. <coughs> they, they upset Michigan. Michigan, who beat Ohio State at all kinds of momentum, had not lost. TCU defeated them in the first semifinal game. Last night was ugly. Last night was a tough end to a season for TCU, no doubt. 
but it was a successful season nonetheless. They were projected to finish seventh in the Big 12 before the start of the season. They were looked at as a joke when they played Michigan. They were disrespected. They were basically Cincinnati of last year, except they did what Cincinnati couldn't do. They beat people. They beat everybody that came at them. Max Duggan played with a fearlessness. He played with reckless abandon, and he was the heartbeat of that program. I don't believe in Jesus, but if there's a Jesus, that team had Jesus on their side. God was with the Horn Frogs. And Max Duggan might have had two interceptions last night. They might have had a three and out and fumble in the first two possessions. And Georgia mopped the floor with TCU. But to me, this is a big moment for the program. Because it puts you on the map. It puts you in the limelight. Cincinnati got to the Final Four. They're still well-known. Ben Bryant, a highly touted quarterback, transferred to Cincinnati this past season to play uh, in that program. Their head coach, he did so well at Cincinnati, he, got, he took the Wisconsin job. They wanted him so badly to come to Wisconsin. They played in bigger games. They were on a bigger stage. These, this stuff happens when your program is having success. So credit to TCU. Yes, it's an ugly end to the year. Yes, the national championship game was a complete disaster. And if I could sleep normally, I could have slept last night. But of course, my stupid ass can't find a way to sleep. So I watched this whole game. Couldn't go to bed right after that either. But I was awake for the whole damn game. I saw TCU get route after route after route. But I guess I wouldn't have it any other way. Stetson Bennett will leave college, one of the best quarterbacks in college football history. Max Duggan will likely go to the NFL. And the way we looked at it this year and the amount of quarterbacks that have that were given an opportunity to play, I wouldn't be shocked if Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan both get starts at some point down the line. These two are not going to be drafted to be highly touted prospects. Stetson Bennett, maybe Stetson Bennett doesn't want to go to the NFL. He will look at his eight degrees after being 25 and in college and go a different route. You know, I've heard scouts say, I think both these guys could get looks. Stetson Bennett might get an invite to an NFL camp. Max Duggan, they're projecting as a fourth to fifth round draft pick. So who knows? Maybe they both end up playing at some point at some point in the NFL. They may not be elite, but after seeing David Blah this season, Sam Darnold, Jeff Driscoll, Tim Boyle, Mac Jones, Skylar Thompson, Nathan Peterman, there are openings. Trace McSorley. There are openings for guys, new blood to go through the, the ranks of the quarterbacks. New backups, new opportunities for these guys to get an opportunity. 
I don't see Max Duggan or Stetson Bennett being incredible talents at the next level. But could I see them get an opportunity down the line because there's an injury, there's another COVID wave, there's some some crisis, an earthquake, and the quarterback, something happens to them? Yeah. I could see it because we saw too many guys that were junk this year get an opportunity on the highest level. So if these castoffs can get an opportunity, why the hell can't a former Heisman Trophy nominee, sorry, scratch that, two former Heisman Trophy nominees and a two-time national championship game MVP? Why not? They did in college. Maybe they can do it the next level. Great college football season. Not a great, not a great game last night, but I'll miss it. No college football until the first week of September. That's a crushing realization. The one thing I can look at and be somewhat happy is golf is back. My Saturday afternoons, golf. And I'm getting into college basketball. The NCAA tournament will be here before we know it. I watched college basketball for about four hours last Saturday. Little Big Ten, little Wisconsin, Illinois. UConn versus Creighton in the Big East. And I saw an Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team. Defeat the University of Kentucky in basketball by close to 30 points. Alabama's got a team in the SEC. They got a really good team. TCU is ranked in basketball, just like they were ranked in, in football. The University of Miami, who have a, it was a basically a used condom of a football program, their basketball team, men's basketball, is ranked 12th in the country. They're really good. So college football is gone, but we got college basketball. We got golf. It's returning. These Hawaii tournaments, what a sight to behold. Waste management coming up. Australian Open on Sunday. So it's sad to see it go, but at the same time, something else comes into your life. So you got to be at least happy that you have something to fill the void. But thank you, College Football, for another year, another year of gambling, and all the great all the great stories, and all the time you provide in my life, so I don't have to interact with other human beings. I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. To the NFL. So at this point, we have a number of job openings. We have the Arizona Cardinals who fired Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. They also fired Steve Kime. So they're looking for a new coach and a new general manager. The Denver Broncos have a head coaching uh, vacancy. They interviewed Jim Harbaugh today. They're open. The Indianapolis Colts had Jeff Saturday on an interim basis. I don't think they're going to bring him back. So Indianapolis is open and the Houston Texans fired Lovey Smith. They have the second pick in the draft. So Houston might actually be looking to hire the coach of their future and not one year rental black head coaches so that they can just fire them and just have them on the, the Rooney rule hire, which is a joke in and of itself. 
So looking at these, I still think the Washington job is could be open eventually with the ownership there. It's, it's unknown. Maybe Ron Rivera sticks around for another season. I like Ron Rivera personally. I hope he keeps his job because I don't think Daniel Snyder should be allowed to fire anybody at this point because he's a scumbag and he needs to sell the team. The Saints job, it looks like Dennis Allen's going to keep it. The Deshaun Payton rumors, I'll get into the, the semantics of that in a second. I still think the Saints could potentially be open that job. But these four are absolutely open right now, and that is Arizona, Denver, the Indianapolis Colts, and Houston, Texas. So here are some candidates off the top for me. You have Sean Payton. Sean Payton, as you recall, the former New Orleans Saints head coach, led the Saints to the Super Bowl in 2009, reinvigorated Drew Brees' career. Drew Brees, the second most passing yards in league history, the second most touchdown passes, one of the most decorated players in NFL history. He uh, led the team to three NFC championship games, won seven division titles in New Orleans, and like I mentioned, the Super Bowl. Sean Payton's an offensive-minded coach, one of those offensive geniuses, and I think he would love to coach a great quarterback. Another candidate for me, Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was fired in Detroit for no reason. He led the Detroit Lions to a 9-7 season. That was about five seasons ago, and this is the first season since they fired Jim Caldwell that they had a winning record after going 9-8 this season. They went through Matt Patricia. They went through idiot coach after idiot coach. It looks like Dan Campbell might have been a good hire. But Jim Caldwell was a success in Indianapolis. He took over after Tony Dungy. He had Andrew Luck. They had tough seasons. They had good seasons. I like Jim Caldwell. 9-7 and seven in Detroit is absolutely a success. They just missed the playoffs. But every player seems to love Jim Caldwell. Peyton Manning can't speak higher about the guy. Tony Dungy recommended that Jim Caldwell get the job. And he did nothing to lose it. He has not gotten a job since, which is puzzling. Jim Caldwell. Another candidate, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans is the current defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. To me, San Francisco has been the gold standard on defense for the last four to five years. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, you, they had Richard Sherman at one time. They've gone through guys, they seem to replace them, but the defense is always great. Their former defensive coordinator was Robert Salah, who's the current head coach of the New York Jets. Salah got a job, D'Amico Ryans should too. The defense nearly got this team to a Super Bowl last year, defeating the Los Angeles Rams, but they came up just short. To me, they should be the favorite to reach the Super Bowl in the NFC, despite having Brock Purdy never having started a playoff game. He's 6-0 as a starter. They have won 10 straight games. They are the most well-rounded team in the NFL, but D'Amico Ryans coaches that defense. They play with an intensity. They play with a ferocity. He was a really good NFL player back in his day. Yes, he's a defensive-minded head coach, and you want to have offensive geniuses to work with. I get that. But I'm looking at this situation. 
I don't think this team will hire this guy, but here's just a thought. The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have Russell Wilson. Do you need an offensive guy? I'm not so sure. They just had one, and they fired him. Could D'Amico Ryans come in? You hire a really good offensive coordinator to come in and work with Russell Wilson to build a system, get some good running backs, and D'Amico Ryans, well, Denver's already got a really good defense. The Colts' defense stinks. They need to build a culture. He's built that defense up. He's built a culture of playing for your teammates. D'Amico Ryans is an easy one for me. Another candidate, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He would have been a big name last year, fresh off winning the, the Super Bowl, but he only got one interview. This year didn't go as well. Aaron Donald missed a lot of games. Their defense was banged up. The Rams had a horrible season. But it doesn't change the fact that he led a team defensively to a Super Bowl last year. He had a ton of success. Raheem Morris should be looked at. This is an outside one. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson is the current offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He had Jared Goff in his last six games had 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions, and he had the best quarterback rating in the NFL. And if you remember, Jared Goff was a first-round pick bust that they traded to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. It was a joke. We got to get rid of Jared Goff. We got to replace him. Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback for the Lions next year. He's not going to be replaced. And Ben Johnson deserves a ton of credit. The way they use, I, I think they want to keep him in Detroit because they got the Jamison Williams, who was hurt for 95% of the year. They haven't been able to use him yet. He had TJ Hawkinson. They had a great offense. You got DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. He's a really interesting offensive mind. He's not afraid to take chances. As an offensive coordinator, he knows how to use a quarterback effectively. He's never been a head coach. But <coughs> I think he's got some fun ideas, and if you got a good quarterback, he's certainly an interesting hire. You also got Ken Dorsey. He's the offensive coordinator of the Bills. He wouldn't be my first choice. Eric Bieniemy is always going to be out there. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been on the radar. He's been on the bubble for a number of seasons, but he's never gotten a job. I still puzzles me why you're working with Patrick Mahomes. You have one of the best offenses in the NFL, and yet it is like pulling teeth to even get people to consider you for the job. To me, he's an easy hire. He's a guy that you would want. He works with Andy Reid. He works with Patrick Mahomes. Why not get Eric Bieniemy on your staff? And then there's Jim Harbaugh, the current head coach at Michigan, who has led the Michigan Wolverines to back-to-back semifinal appearances, has led them to back-to-back Big Ten titles, back-to-back seasons with wins against the Ohio State, and his stock could not be higher. He has not coached in the NFL since 2014. He led the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl in 2012, losing to his brother John and the Baltimore Ravens. 
Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback that got him to a Super Bowl. He's worked with Andrew Luck at, at Stanford. He's worked with lesser quarterbacks at Michigan like Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. So let's talk about these positions. Arizona, to me, I think will be swinging for the fences, but they won't be swinging out of their shoes. Arizona will want a really good head coach, but they'll want somebody that likes Kyler Murray. They will want somebody that will work with Kyler, that likes his skill set, and can build an offense that can work with Kyler Murray at the helm. Cliff Kingsbury thought he loved Kyler Murray, and I think Kyler Murray thought he loved Cliff Kingsbury. But clearly that relationship broke as time went on. They did not see eye to eye. He did not use all of Kyler Murray's skill set. And Kyler Murray got worse and worse as he tried to throw from the pocket. For better or for worse, Kyler Murray is going to have to move to be effective in the NFL. He's a smaller guy. He needs to use his legs. He needs to use his versatility. And I think that's something that an offensive coordinator, if you're going to hire an offensive guy, needs to be aware of. In a perfect world, I think Arizona would love Sean Payton. But there's a couple problems with hiring Sean Payton for any of these teams. Here it is as follows. I think Sean Payton, it was reported today by Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, that Sean Payton will, will likely get as much as $15 million a year to coach. Not every owner can afford that. Not every owner is going to want to cut a check to their coach for $15 million. I'm not sure Arizona, I believe the Bidwell family owns the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not sure they're going to want to give their coach $15 bucks, <coughs> while also paying Cliff Kingsbury for five more years not to coach. You also, if you want to get Sean Payton, you have to trade to acquire him from the New Orleans Saints. Sean Payton technically re retired last offseason while still under contract with New Orleans. So that means if he wants to coach again, if he wants to be reinstated, if you will, his rights will have to be traded to that team. It's like Bill Belichick back in the day when he was traded from the Jets to the Patriots. So Arizona would have to pay Sean Payton's salary and then trade, I believe, a first-round pick plus to get him. Now, they do have their first-round pick in the draft, but that's a whole lot to ask. So I don't think Sean Payton will be an Arizona Cardinal, even if he loves Sean, even if he loves Kyler Murray, which I'm not sure he does. For Arizona, I think there's a couple ways they can go. I heard today that they like Vance Joseph, who's their defensive coordinator, and their defense had a pretty good season. JJ Watt had 12 and a half sacks. They lost Chandler Jones, but they still played really hard. Buda Baker's in that defense. So if they want to pay. Kingsbury, and then pay a coach on the cheap, that would be Vance Joseph. He's been a head coach once before, was not a successful stint. He's a defensive-minded coach, so you're going to have to hire a new offensive coordinator to come in and work with Kyler Murray. I don't think Vance Joseph would get the job. He's been there a long time. I think he's respected, but that's not the way to go. I look at this job. I do think it should be an offensive mind. I think Ben Johnson might be the right hire for Arizona to work with Kyler 
and see what you can get out of them. Bienemy could serve the same purpose. I don't think Harbaugh's going to Arizona. But Ben Johnson's an offensive coordinator. He's got a good mind. I think he thinks he knows what he's doing when it comes to play calling. And I'm sure he's confident he can build a system that will work for Kyler Murray and that, that can be effective. So if I'm Arizona, I think Ben Johnson would be a good guy to hire. He's never been a coach, which would scare scare me a little bit because you hired Cliff Kingsbury, who would only coach in college, but he was a losing coach in college, so there was all red flags all over the place with that hire. Ben Johnson's only been an OC. Bienemy's only been an OC. Jim Caldwell's an offensive-minded coach. So is Raheem Morris. So is D'Amico Ryans. Harbaugh is more of a culture guy rather than offense or defense. But I'm going to go with Ben Johnson. That's my prediction to be the Arizona Cardinals' next head coach. I think they want a young offensive mind. I think they want somebody to be creative to work with Kyler Murray. I don't think he'll be overly expensive because he's never been a head coach before. I believe he'll happily take the job, and I don't think it's a great job. The skill position players are less than optimal. Kyler Murray's coming off a major injury. The running back room is pretty weak. J.J. Watt just retired, and he had 12 and a half sacks. So you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. They also need to hire a new general manager. So technically, they need to do that first. They need to find a new general manager who can then go on the hunt to find a new head coach. Because you don't want to hire a new head coach without having a general manager first because the GM is going to want to pick that head coach. A lot of decisions in Arizona. But they've already decided to pull the ripcord on the head coach, on Cliff Kingsbury. They're stuck with Kyler, so now they need to make smart, proactive decisions to see what they can do for the future of their organization. Let's move to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are owned by the Walton family, a.k.a. Walmart people. And they have deep, deep pockets. They will spend anything they have to. They will do whatever they can to make their team better. I am 100% certain of this. And to me, Denver has two real candidates that they want. Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. They interviewed Jim Harbaugh today. Sean Payton cannot be interviewed until after the wild card weekend. So next Monday. Denver has Russell Wilson. He's locked up. They have a quarterback. Now, they also have decent weapons in Jerry Judy. I like their rookie tight end a lot. Their offensive line is okay. Their defense was superb all season long. So it's about finding somebody who can help Russell Wilson build, you know, build the team, get a better culture, and see what you can do in the AFC West. Sean Payton is an obvious choice because of his offensive background. He worked with a small quarterback in Drew Brees. Drew, like I said, Drew Brees, Pro Bowl is all pro. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Russell Wilson, likely headed. 
to Canton himself. So they have that in common. You know, Russell, uh, Russell can move a little bit, not as fast as he used to. But again, this would be something that Sean Payton is accustomed to working with as a smaller, about a six foot, maybe less than six feet tall quarterback. Now, I don't think Sean Payton's taking the job unless he loves Russell Wilson, unless he thinks he can fix him, he can build something, build a system that can work. I think he's pretty confident in his, in his ability and his knowledge of the game of football. So I wouldn't rule that out. I also think Denver's a team that will spend the $15 bucks on a salary. They'll have to figure it out when it comes to draft capital and trading for Sean Payton. Maybe they'll have to trade a player from their roster to New Orleans to make this work, which could work. New Orleans needs a lot of help themselves. They missed the playoffs again. They don't have great skill position players. Unfortunately, Denver doesn't have two quarterbacks to trade. They're not going to trade Brett Rippon to New Orleans, but maybe you can trade a late. Their first-round pick this year doesn't belong to Denver. belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. So they, they may have to trade a 2024 first-round pick to get Sean Payton and potentially more items on that bucket list, maybe a player or two, to make this work which I do think they'll do because they're desperate to win and desperate to be back in the mainstream and be relevant. Because John Elway may not run the shit there anymore, but I do think he, he, he certainly cares about, he, care, he cares about what that franchise looks like. He wants them to be relevant. He wants them to be, them to be talked about on these talk shows. And they're not right now. They're a joke. They were a laughingstock this season. I also think Jim Harbaugh would work. Here's why. I don't think Russell Wilson would love to have Jim Harbaugh as his head coach because I think Jim Harbaugh would handle Russell Wilson like Pete Carroll did. I don't think Jim Harbaugh would be, okay, we're going to let Russell cook here in Denver. He's going to come in and play his system. You're going to play hard-nosed football, nose to the grindstone, and we're going to be physical and try to outwork the other team. We're going to run it down their throats. We're going to utilize play action. And our quarterback is not going to be the most important person on our team. Our defensive line is going to be stout. We're going to get to the opposing team's quarterback. And we're going to win by committee. San Francisco had a lot of great players. Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, Patrick Willis, Frank Gore. They were a physical group when Jim Harbaugh was there. They beat you down. Now, you had Colin Kaepernick, who was a really good quarterback, but at the time he didn't look like a guy that you'd look at and say, there's an all-pro, there's the future guy, there's a future dominant quarterback, because you had the team and the way you played, the system was not set up that way. I think that would work well. He interviewed today. I think he'd get more money from Denver than he would at Michigan. They cut his salary when he was losing games during the pandemic. If he's going back to Michigan, I do think he'll get a raise because, quite frankly, he's earned it after the back-to-back -back great years there. And it wouldn't be all bad for Harbaugh to return to Michigan. J.J. McCarthy's coming back. Their senior running back, Blake Corum, announced yesterday he's not going pro. He's going back to school. 
They have offensive linemen who are returning. And Ohio State's in a state of disarray because C.J. Stroud's going pro. Jackson Smith and Jibba is going pro. And Mika Boca is going pro. Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. But who's going to be throwing him footballs? A quarterback that we've never seen play college football before. Michigan has the leg up. I don't see Denver making a decision on head coach until after next week. I think they want to interview both of these men. They will have to interview a black head coach in, in the meantime. D'Amico Ryans is scheduled for an interview. But I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of these two men. And I'm going to go with Jim Harbaugh. I just think Jim Harbaugh works in Denver. He'll want to build a structure of a team that is just hard to play against. Physical Denver football, beat you at the line of scrimmage, and have big plays surrounding it. Now, he won't be the offensive coordinator, but his system will be employed. That, that's what it'll look like in Denver. So I'm going to predict Jim Harbaugh returns to the NFL, and he will be coaching the Denver Broncos. Indianapolis Colts. Who knows what the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis fired Frank Reich midway through the season. Then they benched Matt Ryan, but then they went back to Matt Ryan. Then they benched Matt Ryan again and went to Nick Foles, but then he got hurt. They went to Sam Ellinger, and they have just Saturday a mothership analyst being their head coach. He's not a head coach. He will never be a head coach. He's done in the NFL. So who replaces him? Well, Jim Caldwell's coached the Colts. I don't know what his relationship like is with Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay has fired the man. I think the Colts want to trade. They said the Chris Bauer, the GM, said he'll do whatever he can to get a quarterback this offseason. I also think they need more skill, skill position players. I think they need to be aggressive in free agency and getting more wide receivers to help the next quarterback. I could see Derek Carr ending up in Indianapolis. I could see Jimmy Garoppolo ending up in Indianapolis. There, I think a veteran, another veteran quarterback will likely go to Indianapolis unless they decide to trade up in the draft and they get either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. They have a lot of different options, the Indianapolis Colts. So they have a high pick in the draft themselves. So the Bears could look at them and just say, we'll swap. And we want a little more. So with all that said, I think Jim Caldwell would be a good hire. I don't see them hiring the same guy. They may want to get another offensive guy to work with a young quarterback, which is smart. I do think that's a good idea. With Jim Irsay, you never know. He could still hire Jeff Saturday, which would make no sense because he's done nothing to earn the job or get it. They wanted to hire Josh McDaniels back in the day. He backed out of the job. If you're not going to bring back Jim Caldwell or bring in D'Amico Ryans, who has earned an NFL head coaching job, but he's not, a, not an offensive mind. He's a defensive-minded coach. I would say Eric Bieniemy is the next best, next best candidate. 
because he's been coaching an elite quarterback for a long time. He's been in Kansas City since Patrick Mahomes came in the league. He helped Patrick Mahomes grow as a player. He could help C.J. Stroud. He could help Bryce Young if they decide to go that route. I think that's a – Indy could go with Shane Steichen as well, the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a guy that is getting a lot of buzz because of Philadelphia's offense this season. So Shane Steichen could be the head coach. I think they want an offensive guy in Indianapolis, even though Frank Reich was and they didn't have all that much success. So that mix of guys is where I see it going. But who knows, Indy could make any decision and it would not surprise me because Jim Irsay likes to be different. He likes to make crazy decisions. Who knows? And that leaves the Houston Texans, who have currently have the second pick in the draft. So we're in an interesting position because they could look at their situation and say, we're going to get the quarterback that we want because Chicago has the first pick and they don't need a quarterback. They got Justin Fields. But at the same time, Chicago could use that first pick to drop down, get more assets. Houston could miss out on Bryce Young, could miss out on C.J. Stroud, whichever quarterback they prefer, because we know Houston is drafting a quarterback. So with that being said, for the first time in a long time, Houston has hope. They hired two coaches that they knew this season was going to be bad. They weren't trying to win. But now I think they're going to look at this and say, we need to hire our future head coach. The guy's going to lead us into the promised land. I just mentioned Shane Steichen. He could be that guy for Houston. Houston nearly hired Josh McCowan last offseason as their head coach. I think if Josh McCowan had coached last year and they had the same record, I still think he'd be their head coach. I fully expect Josh McCowan, who coached high school football this year, I believe, to interview for this job. The former journeyman quarterback could get a look as the head coach. Again, drafting a rookie quarterback, I don't think you're going to get a defensive-minded guy. Unless you get a D'Amico Ryans as your head coach and you get a Josh McCowan potentially to come in as your offensive coordinator, but I don't think D'Amico Ryans is going to make that decision. The way it's gone, I don't know if African-Americans are going to really want this Houston job. And you know why? Because they just keep firing them one and done after every season. You would not feel confident that you'd have job security if the season does not go well with a rookie quarterback. Houston won't be good next year. they got to make some decisions. Brandon Cooks wants to be traded. They have players coming off their books. A lot of guys are free agents. Rex Burkhead, Jordan Akins. They have Derek Stingley Jr., who they drafted high last year, at cornerback. So they have to look to develop him to continue to help him get better. You'll draft a young quarterback. You'll have to find some receivers, find a tight end in the draft, get some better offensive linemen. (coughs) But Houston has a lot of question marks. I could see them hiring Shane Steichen because he fits the mold. He's an offensive guy. He could work with the new core. Could be an outside-the-box hire, an offensive guy. We're not thinking maybe a college coach in Houston. I don't know. 
Bill O'Brien is not going to coach Houston back in the day. He coached at Alabama, so he knows Bryce Young. I always thought Ryan Day might go to the NFL eventually. I don't think he'll coach Houston Texans. But if I was Houston, I'd inquire. You could draft C.J. Stroud if you really like him. You have Ryan Day as your head coach in the NFL. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I don't think it'd be smart of Ryan Day to leave the Ohio State because I think it's a good program. I think he makes good money. And I think he wants to do more in college. I think he wants to beat Michigan head-to-head, which he's never done. I think he wants to win a national championship, which he hasn't done yet. He's still a young guy. He has time on his hands where he could be very good at college, and I think he'll get offers down the line as well. The Bears wanted to hire him last year. They went Matt Eberflus. The track record of the Bears, that job will be open again next, next summer. And if Ryan Day wants to leave college, then he could leave it again and end up as Chicago Bears head coach. It would shock nobody if the Bears fired Matt Eberflus after two seasons next year. Because that's what the Bears do. They lose, they fire coaches, and they move off their quarterbacks. That's the pattern of the Chicago Bears. Everybody, when they talk about Chicago Bears, it's, 90, it's the 85 Bears. That's all you hear about. Ditka and the 85 Bears. Guess what? 1985 was a long fucking time ago. It's approach, It's coming on 40 years, and the Bears have done nothing since. They've had Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall, and some really good defensive players. That's it. Other potential jobs. The Los Angeles Chargers, I fully believe this. I think if the Chargers lose this weekend to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brandon Staley will be fired. And I'll go on the record right now. I think Sean Payton will be the Chargers head coach next season. If the Chargers go on the road to Duval this Saturday and lose, Brandon Staley will be fired by Monday. And by the end of next week, Sean Payton will be introduced as the next Los Angeles Chargers head coach. Just a prediction. No reporting on this. Haven't heard a damn thing. They haven't commented. The Chargers owners don't say anything. You don't hear anything. But I know Sean Payton wants to coach Justin Herbert. Who doesn't? He looks at the kid and he says, this guy's a specimen. He's big. He can run. He can throw 80 yards down the field. He's got some decent coaching around him, some better players. This guy can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Sean Payton's an offensive coach. Brandon Staley's not. Mike Lombardi is not a great offensive coordinator. We look at the the Chargers offense. It's so boring. It's so stagnant. Sean Payton could change that up, bring in some new dynamics. That It's all about the Jags. If they can win a home playoff game this weekend, where they are a three-point underdog or a point-and-a-half underdog, then Sean Payton will be a Los Angeles Chargers head coach. Book it. Chargers win the game. It's over. No. Then Staley will be back next season, even though the Chargers likely will look at it and say, ah, damn it, I wish we would have lost that game. wish we would have lost that game because I would have loved to see Sean Payton behind our bench next season. We would have felt better about our chances of going deeper in the playoffs next year. But you take it on the chin, and you know what? Yeah, we like Brandon Staley. He was a good coach, yada, yada, yada. 
Dallas Cowboys, another team that's always linked to Sean Payton. Well, Jerry Jones came out today and addressed things. He gave Mike McCarthy the vote of confidence, and he said it does not matter what happens on Monday night when the Cowboys will head to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady. He said win, lose, or draw, Mike McCarthy will be back for his fourth season as the signal caller for the Cowboys next season. He will remain the head coach, which is not that surprising when we think of Jerry Jones. You think of Jerry Jones as a – you see what he does in business, how he doesn't shut up, his, his ego. But as a GM owner, he has not been a guy that just fires coaches willy-nilly. The only guy he did that to drastically was Jimmy Johnson, which was the worst decision in Cowboys history. It's not hyperbolic, by the way. Jimmy Johnson had won back-to-back Super Bowls. He fired Jimmy Johnson. They have not been to an NFC Championship game since. But he kept Jason Garrett for eight years. Eight and eight Jason Garrett. He couldn't let him go. He kept Wade Phillips for four seasons. He keeps the coaches because he likes them. He becomes friends with them. They're his buddy, and he doesn't want to hurt their feelings. He likes Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is a Jerry Jones puppet. Sean Payton is not going to do what Jerry says. Sean Payton's his own man, and Sean Payton is going to coach the football team, not coach Jerry's ego. He's going to do whatever he feels is correct to win the game and put the team in the best chance to win. Sean's from Texas. I think he would love to coach the Dallas Cowboys. But I think given the choice of Dallas or Los Angeles, I think he picked Los Angeles because I think he likes the quarterback better. And I think he'd get more power in Los Angeles. But according to Jerry, Mike McCarthy is going nowhere. And I, I believe him because he doesn't just fire coaches. He, I think he would look at this season, 12-5, and five, and say, Mike had another really good year. Mike was successful. And to be fair... The Cowboys are a road favorite this coming weekend. They are headed to Tampa Bay, who won the Super Bowl two years ago and lost in the NFC Championship game by a game-winning field goal to the NFC Divisional Route last year. So a perennial playoff team since Tom Brady landed in Tampa. They are a three-point road favorite as of right now. So if you can be a road favorite... Maybe he has done something right. Maybe Mike McCarthy has been a good coach. I think all Cowboys Nation is looking at me saying, you're crazy. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think Kellen Moore is that great an offensive coordinator. Dan Quinn is also interviewing for the Denver job. He's not going to get it. I wouldn't give it to him either. But if you're having that much success, if they can beat Tampa in this game, you go to the divisional round, who knows? You might get the Eagles. You might get the Eagles in the divisional playoff game. You beat the Eagles here in the NFC Championship game. Of course you're not going to fire Mike McCarthy then. He would have done something nobody's done since Jimmy Bleepin' Johnson. Jimmy Johnson in 1995, that was the last time the Cowboys were even in that game. One game before the Super Bowl. America's team, all this crap. The Toronto Maple Leafs the NFL. All Sizzle, no steak. Nothing to be proud of. 
Nothing whatsoever. But I, I believe Jerry here. I think if the Cowboys, even if the Cowboys lose on Monday night, which they very well could, and I'll be betting on Tampa Bay because I like betting on a dog, in particular at home, and it's Tom Brady against Dakota Rain Prescott and Mike Bleepin McCarthy, I think he'll still have the job. If Sean Payton wants one, he'll get one. The Chargers might screw it up. Brandon Staley wants to lose the job the way he's coached the last number of weeks. Once get every player injured before they play, before they had to Duval and play the Jags, my Jags. But speaking of Jags, speaking of just trailblazers, we got one on the line. Haven't talked to him in the new year, but he's a big New Year's guy. He's a big New Year, New Me. I think that's something he coined himself. Don't let the kids say that they came up with that. But we'll bring in Seamus Fillmore. Shay, good to see you. Uh, how are things going, my friend? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it feels uh, feels like it's been a while since we've gotten to chat. You sound a lot better than uh, I've talked to you previously, especially in your last episode. You were a little, you know, a little frisky, I'd say, a little, a little rough around yeah. the edges, maybe in yeah. the voice. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're sounding better, which is glad to see. Firing all cylinders. You look good. The hat, the hat vest combination is a is a look that I can get behind. <laughs> Um, and, yeah. uh, no, no, glad to be back on. Uh, how are things with you? Yeah, good. Like you said, the voice is better. The cough was going today, but it's been pretty good so far, uh, in the, in this podcast. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. The, the hat's been a winner. I gotta say kudos to my mother there. I've gotten more compliments on this hat than anything <laughs> I've done in my life. And I'm fine with that because this hat, this hat's a winner and you know that it's on my head. So clearly, you know, vis-a-vis -vis, i'm a winner i guess you know white goodman white goodman mentality yeah but how are your uh holidays how was everything uh on the on the family front all good uh all good couple weeks for you during the yeah no it's, it's it's nice to us to recharge uh you know us accountants tough tough going into the new year you know me always uh, tough seeing january slide by and have yep. to cross out the two for a three but i'm happy i'm good to be here i had a tough uh, tough week last week with work but Things are easy breezy, and uh, yeah, we're back at it. I got to watch most. Well, if I did watch, I recorded most of the World Junior games, so I, at least I got to do that, and I got uh, the night off for the gold medal game, which I was looking for you and a couple others in the crowd. I didn't see any familiar faces, but I'm sure that experience was one that uh, you'll never, ever forget. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Pretty That whole week was pretty special, uh, you know, seeing Bedard's overtime winner, which is about a foot away from me was pretty cool. Uh, and oh, so you were right on the boards. You were you're right there. Oh yeah, my God. It, was, it was in that end, and it was about yeah eight rows up from where he did it. So that was yeah, I was right right there. I saw saw him go through the whole team, and I was just as in awe as every as everybody on TV. It was, it was just incredible. But yeah, no, uh, incredible trip. Happy I got to do it, and like you said, back back to the grind now. Took an hour to get into the games that would brought on the cold Saturday, no voice and everything that happened. That seems to be happening more and more now, which is uh, frustrating because I don't talk that much when I'm not on here. But um, what's over the over the break? Uh, what was the biggest storyline for you? It can be World Juniors. It can be just sport. What's something that really drew you in over over the last couple of weeks since we last spoke? The biggest story. Oh man, there's there's so many. 
I guess one that's repeated if it goes over the break and goes past the break is, uh, and this is not good if, if you're an Eastern Conference fan, it's how good the Brooklyn Nets look. Uh, mm. I mean, they're firing on all cylinders. It's like they they kind of figured the Kyrie thing out ever since the suspension. He's come back. He's been great. Kevin Durant's been playing. You know, he's breaking records, literally, and he, yeah. he's playing as good as he ever has. And he's like, what, 35, 34? So yeah, that's that's a, that's one I keep I keep reverting to. I keep keeping my eye on, but they just keep winning, and they can beat any team in the league. It feels like they're just outscoring anybody. Yeah, unfortunate for KD, he's out a month now uh, with uh, with a leg injury. So yeah. that tough news for him. Good news for you on the uh, on the Celtics front because your team didn't exactly have a great couple weeks. Uh, you know, no, late. we can talk about that, but or we can wait. Up to you. We'll st- we'll talk- we're talking basketball, so let's stay there. Um, how do you feel about your Celtics? Because it was a great – it was kind of like the Leafs start. You know, both your teams were riding the wave, playing great. Your Celtics got a win last night. Uh, Al Horford just clutch at the buzzer. That's what he does. Big Al from three. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's- it was going to happen. Everybody was shooting a career high from three. Derek White, we saw him in the playoffs. He's his three, you know, he's summer threes when he's going. It's, it's middle of winter, so it's not exactly the right time for him. But looking at the team, do you think they need to make any sort of big trade? Did they, did they need anything? I what? think for security reasons, I would, and maybe this is just selfishness. I, I'm not 100% on, you know, guys like Sam Hauser coming yeah. off the bench. I mean, he's a – He's an okay player, but I think he's almost relied along, relied upon too heavily at times. Right. Um, I would love to see them grab another big man. You know, I know Danino is hurt, but I don't think he's going to come back anytime soon. And I don't, I don't have any faith that he, when he does come back, he's going to be an effective player. If that's, you know, disheartening by me. That's disheartening, but that's just how I feel. Blake Griffin, you know, what Blake Griffin is. He's not going to play every game and. You know, when he does play every game, he may give you 10 points. He may give you nothing. That's just kind of Blake Griffin at this point in his career. Right. So going out and grabbing somebody who fits the mold of this team, which can be difficult. But, you know, I, ultimately I think Ainge is going to be able to find that. Um, and there's plenty of teams, you know, at the bottom here that are going to look to, you know, get rid of guys. You know, a guy I, I think about, and I can't remember if he still plays there, is does Bismack Biombo still play for Orlando? Uh, maybe I'm dating myself by saying that. Suns. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You play for the Suns, who we can. I mean, we'll get to that mess in maybe just a moment. But yeah, a guy, yeah. maybe not, and, and he's just an example, but a guy like Bismack Biambo, we don't yeah. need scores. I think we have plenty of that, especially when they added Malcolm um, Brongon to the bench. I think he's done a great job of creating offense. We just need a guy who's going to be sound defensively and who's going to be to rebound. I think that's the two main things they're missing coming off the bench. The starting line, I love. I, I don't think it needs much tweaking, especially when Robert Williams is healthy. He looks great. He looks like he's got a ton of energy and he's willing to um, play his heart out, which is great. But ultimately, they still need to tweak something if they want to be a contender. Especially, you don't want to undersell and be like, "Oh, we don't need to change anything. We're going. You know, we can go on and do this run." You'd rather overdo it, overpay for guys in order to uh, achieve that. I think of the Thunder – or, sorry, I th- translating to hockey, I think about Cole, uh, the Blake Coleman trade for mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. They overpaid for him. Ultimately, he – a great third liner, depth guy. Same situation here. You need some depth in the uh, bench for the Seas. So, yeah, you're thinking of the Pistons will be selling for sure. Yeah. The 
There's some interesting teams because the Bulls could still sell depending on how their next couple weeks go. Yeah, the Hornets maybe. Orlando's still in the mix, but though they're I I love watching them, but they're young. They'll probably they don't have much to sell because I like their team. I wouldn't want to trade anybody. <laughs> I, they're all young, right? It's tough to trade a young guy. You don't want to give up on them, but right. I mean, if you get a high value back, it's kind of it's also difficult. You might get a first rounder. You might get a first rounder plus. You know. Yeah. Get- what about um, Vucevic? Oh, I'd love. He's a rental. Like he's he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, so. I, I I like him a lot, but I'm I'm thinking about what prospects and what you'd have to give up to give for him. Right. I doubt it's it goes. You know, if it's a first rounder, great. But I see them going. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna bomb the squad up this year. We're not. We're, it's not working. We're not gonna make playoffs. And I see them getting rid of a lot of guys. And honestly. Vucevic, they're probably going to want more for him just because he is that type one A center right. that you know can give you a lot. Both um, he's he's good on he's decent on both ends, but he's also going to give you points, which is something not all centers can give you nowadays. Who scares you more, Brooklyn or Milwaukee? That's a great question. I I'm gonna have to go with. I would say Brooklyn because Middleton's never healthy. That's the thing, right? But if he comes back and he's yeah. never come back and looked the same no. in these last two years, he's never reverted back to the 20-point, 20 25-point guy that we've known who's a sharpshooter and shoot from anywhere. I Yeah, maybe Brooklyn just because there's there's a lot of possibilities that they go into the playoffs, even with Kevin Durant injured and they're cohesive and they can play together. Kyrie's, like I said, been playing on all cylinders since the suspension. Seth Curry, he's there's times where he still looks really good, and yeah, so they, they could be something that I'd be scared of. I'm not super scared of either team, though. I'm still confident Boston could beat either one of those teams. Toronto Raptors, should they start selling pieces? I think with the news with Otto Porter Jr. today and his injury out for the rest of the season, he'd be a guy you'd honestly love to move if you had the option yeah. to, but now you can't. Guy for the Celtics, honestly. Yeah, 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 and. I think that they do have to think about, you know, this isn't going to work. Like, what, are we making the playoffs just to make the playoffs? I mean, mm-hmm. we did that last year. Great. It was a good story. Now it's maybe time to start thinking about the future, Scotty Barnes' future, building around him, getting more assets for him. I think that they should start selling off some pieces for sure. And I'd start by probably getting rid of a guy like Gary Trent Jr., who right. many people won't like here, but I think he's an offensive threat. I think a lot of teams would love to have him off the bench, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. He'd be – and he, he is what he is. He comes off the bench. He's a spark plug. He can give you offense. He can shoot. And honestly, for the Raptors, I think he's expendable. Would you trade Fred? Uh, um no, probably not now, but you'd have to think about trading them either this offseason or into next year if you could. Yeah. Because I, I don't think his like he's not getting any better. He's only probably going to decline in the near future. And if, if you can get a lot for him, if you can get a future, um, I'd say future, I would say, I was going to say Hall of Famer. That's not the right word. If you could get a future starting guard for him. Like, I, I don't want to say Halliburton, that's maybe shooting a little high, but if yeah. you can get somebody on that level, I mean, that's kind of what they should be getting for him. I, I mean, what is he? Thir- is he 30? Yeah, I think he's 30. Okay, so he's 30. So, yeah, he's he's still a starting guard. You know, if 
what what team right now could use a starting guard? Let me ask you this: Nemhard for Van Fleet, straight up. Who says no? Oh, not many. He's Canadian too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not. not I don't think many would say. He's a good player. He is a da- he's a damn good player, and that's why the Pacers are in a playoff spot right now. Yeah. It's it's remarkable. I mean, that's a remarkable stat considering probably everyone had them written off at the beginning of the year. They got off to pretty gnarly spot. Now they're looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, thinking we're better. You know, we're better than this. And I love the confidence they play with those two guys, Halbert and Neymar. Would uh, Miles Turner is definitely a possible trade piece, but the Pacers are an interesting spot because I don't know if they're going to want to try to make the playoffs or they'll want to trade Heald and Miles Turner. You know, LeBron's been pouting. He wants to make a trade for somebody while the Lakers remain in 13th, whatever the hell place they're in now. Mm-hmm. They lost it to Denver last night. I don't see a whole lot of stuff the Lakers can trade. Now, I do I think the Lakers are better than, uh, you know, whoever, who's above them right now. They got some crap in front of them. I mean, they, there's yeah, a lot. The of- Jazz, the Trailblazers, the T-Wolves are the three teams directly above them. And honestly, you're right. When healthy, they're better than all those teams. I think they're better than all three, yeah. When Anthony, Anthony Davis is there. But, I mean, if I'm the Pacers, I'm not just trading you Miles Turner because you, LeBron needs him. Yeah. I, I'm getting – what Russell Westbrook and uh, Austin Reeves, you know, white white chocolate in return. I, I, that's that's not that's not appetizing at all. Kendrick Nunn, like I, I don't want that package. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what they could trade for. They really have nothing. They have no picks. They use everything they had to get uh, Russell Westbrook, and they're going to be more happy to see him go than come in. To be honest, because yeah. it's going to be better for the franchise. I don't, I don't know. To me, the, the Lakers are just in a bad situation with, you know, Anthony Davis looking extremely well when he played. And now he's back to street clothes where he just doesn't play at all. And, you know, with LeBron at a lineup here and there, the Lakers, to me, are still going to miss the playoffs again if they can at least, you know, figure some kind of system that works, whether it's resting Davis and playing him closer to the end of the season to get his reps in. You know, what's funny to me is that, Neither one of those guys played, and Russell Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook still comes off the bench. Like yeah. he's, just, they just, they know he is just going to be a bench guy, and that, and that's like that's his role for the end of the year. He could be six man if he could shoot a ball. <laughs> What's wrong with the Phoenix Suns? Oh, God, I. But book when Booker plays, they're okay. Yeah. They're but they're just okay. They're not great, and I think the worst thing that could have happened to them was going to a finals, because I think they thought, well, we're right there. You know, we beat. You know, we're better than the rest of these Western Conference teams, and only unfortunately the rest of the Western Conference just got better, and they kind of just stayed where they're at. I like pieces on their team, but they just, I don't know. Chris Paul, I hate to shit on the the, the point god, but. Yeah, I think he's part of the problem. They also never brought in anybody to like lighten his load, which I thought was so stupid. This off, they never added another ball handler, which was so puzzling. He's thirty-eight years old. Like, come on, he can't do what he did ten years ago. And this is one thing I mean, we were talking about, Freddie or Fred earlier. Like, yeah. if he he's an option to go there, he he can distribute, he can score, yeah. and he's like he's going to take some reps off of Chris Paul, but that's probably for the best at this point. Cam Johnson. To the Raptors, I think they'd love to have him. 
Yeah, Cam Johnson, maybe, you know, a little Bismack, maybe they get him back. Yeah, wave him, then your Celtics can get him. <laughs> I love that. You know I'm loving that. I want yeah. some Bismack. Yeah, he's, he rebounds, he plays defense. That's all the Celtics really need him to play every third game in the playoffs against a good matchup. That's – yeah, I don't know. They're in eighth place now, the Suns. Like, they're in a really tough spot. Like, they – Yeah, one and nine their last 10 games like they they just can't find it against even bad teams it's it's really remarkable that they're just this poor i got a staff for you and, and a little quiz i guess on your end right okay. now in the western conference there's um how many teams between a four 450 and 550 winning percentage record so right right hovering around 500 right Five hundred. Well, the Lakers aren't. Jazz aren't. Um. You know what I mean, though. Like four. Like they can be. Yeah. I'm gonna say thirteen. Close. Uh, a little off, but nine, which is still high, comparable to the other side of the conference, and just for the fact that there's so many just nonchalant teams that go up and come down. The Jazz is a team that had a remarkable start. They were one of the best teams in the league, and now they're kind of showing true face, which I kind of always thought that was going to happen. But still, I didn't think they'd fall off like this. You mentioned Fred. What about Jordan Clarkson to the Suns? That's a, it's a great piece as well. Helps helps take some ball handling off of Chris Paul. He can yeah. play less minutes, but he's probably going to be more effective because, honestly, at this point, it just feels like he's older and he's a little worn down. Clarkson is going to relieve some uh, – Scoring power off of Booker too, right? Which he probably right. wants. Yeah. yeah. D, D, like, what's what's your read on Da? Doesn't seem that interested. I he's think just, he's kind of out there, you know. Yeah. Sometimes he's he better just than, is than, than the way he's playing. Yeah. He can be a great center, and I think he can be a dominant number one center in the league. But there's there's a a feeling to me that he just doesn't won't, can't be consistent enough night yeah. in night out to be that guy. And unfortunately, like just long jump shots when he should get in the paint at times when he has good matchups, which frustrates me when bigs do that, that they don't take Embiid does this sometimes too, where he, he is, he's a good shooter, but I think he should be down on the block more and more than he is. Right. Are the Sixers a potential threat to your Celtics? I forgot to mention them. Oh yeah. I, I think they're actually right in their mix with like a Milwaukee only because They've got James Harden playing as well as he maybe has ever played. He's not, you know, the scoring threat, but he's distributing, he's rebounding, he's doing a bunch of different things. I don't know. Like, I, I like their team. You, I know you love Maxi when he's on the court. He can be very, very, very dangerous in yep. any situation, which, you know, you love. Even in big game, even in late game situations, he is dynamic. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much not to like about this team. I, I always thought the Ben Simmons trade would actually be a downfall. But yeah. now this season, it's kind of turned right around for them, and they look as strong as anybody, at least in the Eastern Conference. I know we're going to do our 2023 predictions today. Did you have any from the NBA? Um, I did have I had a couple from the NBA. They relate to a team that I watched manhandle my Boston Celtics. Um, the OKC... I think are not going to make the playoffs this year, mm -hmm. but I think they're going to get off to a hot start and I think they'll make the playoffs in the upcoming year. And partly because Jet Holmgren 
who went rookie of the year and be an unstoppable player. Wow. Are, a, lot, a lot of people are going to say this. Oh, he's not a rookie. Guys, we got to go back to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons redshirted his full first year. He didn't play yeah. one game. That was a big controversy. But if he did it, I don't know why Jack can't. He's got some high competition with this uh, this French but, kid, though. Well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Two lanky kids just out there playing ball. I like uh, well, Shea's playing unbelievable. Oh, uh, like he's got to be so mad those teams sucks. Yeah, and he when he's off the court, I mean that's unfortunately yeah. when they seem to just are are like pitiful. Yeah, but they've got a good young team and they need to start taking progress. And I think making the playoffs next year is a goal for them. Yeah, especially with Chet in the lineup and. Yeah, you maybe suck this year, but you'll get another good, really good player. Maybe a couple good players. It'll turn around for them eventually. Yeah, I like that one because I, I think yeah, he'll either be traded next year or they'll really help him because I think he's gonna be like, okay, enough. Like I, I wanna, I wanna win something here. You know, I was on the shitty Clippers, then I was on the shitty OKC. Like I want to have a year that means something. Yeah. Any other NBA predictions? Kyrie Irving will not be a Brooklyn Net next season. He's leaving. I like this it. End of his year. He's, they're not going to want him back. Something's going to change. Does he retire? <laughs> Maybe. He's crazy enough. Yeah. He's crazy <laughs> enough to be like, yeah, I just don't believe this anymore. Yeah. Give it, give it up as a whole. What about you in the one. NBA? Yeah, I got one. All right. I got it. It's a two-parter. Okay, let's go. Nikola Jokic wins his third straight MVP. Okay. And the Denver Nuggets win the title. That is uh, that is heavy. That is. Heavy. I like the Nuggets. I like them. And he, to me, I don't care. He's won two in a row. To me, he's the MVP of the league again so far this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's a, to me there's a list of guys that I I have in contention right now, but he does stand a little bit above everybody else. I'd love to say that Tatum's right there, but God, he's good. What's that? Fell off a little bit. Ah, I mean, he'll be, but he'll regain that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, he's yeah, gonna, a good month. Good month. He'll be right he'll, oh, he'll be right there. And, but Jokic, it's every night, every night he's special. Like last night he puts up the triple double. He's got 16 assists. He's doing things that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And he could be. And he, even what's funny is that everyone in the league looked at this guy <laughs> in his draft year and said, no, like we don't want him. And the Nuggets second time around picked him up. You know, yeah. I don't know how many. It's it's different because Gonis was a mid first rounder. This guy was a second rounder, and he's yeah. going to three MVPs in a row and make everyone look foolish. Love their team. They, you know, um, they got their guys back. They got those two players they missed last season. They're stronger than ever. They're Aaron, Gordon, Aaron Gordon's playing phenomenal alongside Jokic. They're a yep. great pairing. Yep, yeah. One's a high flyer. The other one's grounded, and it's it, it works out well. It it does. You know. Uh, yeah, they're my best team in the West right now, so I yeah. there's no debating on that. I'd have a, a tough time seeing any team beat them in a five game series, seven game series. Who in the uh, NHL has impressed? We were talking about our I said our five best players so far this year because we're about the halfway point. So who, who's your list? Who do you have in your list? The five best players in the league this year in the in the NHL. Uh, this is this is a toughie because. I got two Boston Bruins on this list. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I never thought I'd say that. But 
Um, no, I, going from, I guess, five to one for me, I have Linus Allmark, Leon Dreisaitl, David Passenerick, Jason Robertson, Connor McDavid. Nice. Yeah, I'm surprised you put two Bruins on there. I'm, 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 I can't. <laughs> it's, I was going to put Hellebuck instead of Allmark, and then I looked at the underlining stats. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough because he's only played five fewer games, but he's got like, I don't know, 20 less goals against. He doesn't lose. He's consistent, and it's a it's a it's a pat on the back to the Bruins and how they've played defensively this season. They've really helped him out, obviously. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he still have to. He's still the he's still the the last man standing against everything that they any team throws against them, and he's succeeded in every single one, every single yeah. position he's at. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible. The fact that he's only had one regulation loss since. January 10th, whatever the hell date it is. It's pretty incredible. We have a few of the same, obviously, CM97, even though the Oilers stink. Yeah. Pasternak, come on, he's my guy. <laughs> 32 Younger. goals, he just, he's a hell of a player. I got Tage Thompson, I say Sabres, but also he's played, he's playing unreal. Tage, Tage just looks yeah. like looks like a young Mario Lemieux out there. <laughs> I put Josh Morrissey on my list because I had small. I didn't have many expectations for him. The Jets have played really well, and he's played at a Norris level. And the fifth one, this will surprise you. I put your buddy Mitch, Mitch Marner. (laughs) Why Mitch? Why does Mitch make it over uh, a Leon Dreisaitl or? uh... I I think Mitch. He's on a better team. Okay. He, He had a longer point streak. And I think, honestly, if he's not as good as he's been this year, your Leafs don't win some of those games. Because they got, a point, they got a point against St. Louis because Marner played really well. They, they've gotten points because, quite honestly, 34 has been – he's now going to win the Selkie Trophy. That's the new narrative because he can't score a goal. So he's winning the Selkie Trophy. He's the greatest, the greatest defensive center we've ever seen. Okay, he's not fucking Pavel Datsuk. I'm sick of reading those stupid stories, The Athletic. But Mitch Marder's been the straw that stirs the drink for me. Bill Nylander's been great. I think Mitch has been the most important member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the reason he's representing them at the skills competition, NHL, Little Kid All-Star Game. They said that he was like Pavel Datsuk, the athletic. I yeah, that was a quote about Austin Matthews. That is pathetic. Datsuk esque. I I would never. No one will ever be Pavel Datsuk. Let's get that that clear. That's that's, uh, that's correct. Yes. Um. No, I I can totally see why you have him on the list. He's he's dynamic and he does you know often he does push the wagon most nights for these guys. So that's it's affirmative. The goaltending has been shit. You know you you last. 10, 15 games has not been the same. But, yeah, no, I, I, I fully full-on agree with that. Um, I'm surprised did you didn't say Jason Robertson was on your list and you were kind of high on him. Is he falling off for you? Is no, he, he just missed. He's got 28 goals. He's still he's still my guy. He's still, okay. Just but to make sure. I just think he, it was tough because I wanted, to have, I wanted to have a defenseman on there, and I thought Morrissey kind of stood out for me. My car has been very good, as he always is, but it's kind of – it's tough because – the Oilers stink. Colorado hasn't been exactly very good. I wanted to include some good teams on this list. And Dallas has been very good. Yeah. Let's touch on a few Canadian teams quickly. Oilers lose again last night, 6-3. Mm-hmm. 
McDavid gets a couple of points, but it doesn't matter. They LA Kings beat them handily. There's the same team every year. We have Nugent Hopkins has been really good this year too, quite frankly. He's he's been great. And Hyman's been really good. But they're really easy to play against. Goaltending's been adequate and, and I mean we go back to it, it's a broken record. Their defense core is just it's Darnell Nurse and, and a and a bunch of guys. Yeah. Yeah, they've got they've got puck movers, they've got but honestly, you're right. Like I, we both winced at the Brett Kulak signing. It was too much yeah. money for a guy who's not uh, is not there. He's just not there. He's not no. a number four. He's a, no. at most he's a third pairing guy who can maybe kill penalties once in a while. That's it. And they hand him over a plate because he was part of a run last year. That's my analysis of that situation. Yeah, I agree. Barry, great. He can move pucks. He's on a he's on an okay deal, but. If you don't have better defenders, defend defending defenders, yep. And you, the, there's nothing to your decor, and that's what's happening here. It's not like you can go out and get John Klingberg because guess what? He's not. He's more the same than what you already have. They need guys who are going to help out Stuart Skinner and definitely help out Campbell because he's a he's a tire fire. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. He's a registered tire fire right now. I think they need to go back to him to a couple. I don't think Skinner's been bad. But you need some kind of switch. Like this team is kind of just in the lurch. I think you need to go back to Jack Campbell and give him a few starts to see if he can find something. Yeah, exactly. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. And what's it going to do for him? You're losing games. You're slowly losing position on the standings. Why not try something new? Calgary's past you. Yeah. Calgary is past (laughs) And Calgary was on my list of worst teams to watch. They were the worst watch in the NHL for me. They reached out to you? A team has passed them. A team has passed them. Wait, Columbus? No, close. Real, real close. Real close. They have, Kent, they have Kent Johnson, so they're somewhat entertaining. Um, this team has nobody that you'd want to watch. This, this, this team. Arizona. No. Oh No uh, conference. They wear orange. Oh, the the old the old Philly fly. The old gritty. Hit the gritty. They are. Oh, they are tough. Yeah. They just watching like JVR skate around and Kevin Hayes and Noah Cates and whoever the hell else. It's just, it's tough. Yeah. No, it's tough. It, it, like Cam Atkinson, he's probably done for the year, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Like they have no reason to watch this team. They don't, you, can, you don't have to flip them on because they're just not entertaining. No, once, once a promising team where it was like, yeah, they're going to start being a playoff team for years to come. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'd say, you know, Carter Hart hasn't totally been the same. It's not all on him, but he hasn't totally been the same since he looked those first couple of years in his career. Mm-hmm. And no Couture and no Ryan Ellis. Yeah. That's, you know, that's it. Unfortunately, okay. money wrapped up in those guys. Should Yurov Slavhoski be in the American Hockey League? I think so. I I I saw that under I saw the stats in the last 10 games, 10 15 games. Oh, sorry, something's going off in my house. Um oh. I think it was thinking it was one of those Alexa thing. I just heard him like what the hell? Um no, so Solaski, yeah, I I I agree he should be I mean, he's not doing the team any favors and 
honestly, he needs to start developing at, at, at a better pace because right now he's just getting outworked. And it's reminding me more and more of the Cockneyami. You know, yeah. you're sending a guy up who's too early. He needs to play at a lower level to gain some confidence and, you know, get get his offense game back because right now he's got nothing, nothing. Yeah, I felt he should have been there from day one, and they've kept him up way too long. And he should yeah. be in Laval, play the rest. I mean, this is not going to go well the rest of the year for Montreal because Jake Allen's hurt again. So that means it's Samuel Montembaum basically the rest of the year as their start, and Caden Primo, the kid, will get some starts. So they're going to lose a lot of hockey games. They're, they're going to go on a, a probably a deep run here where they're going to lose a lot because if it's not Suzuki and Caulfield – generating stuff the team nobody. just doesn't think. they have nobody else yeah. gallagher's got like he doesn't do anything anymore he's injured too which has probably helped the team but i watched some of that cracking canadians game last night because the natty was over by 9 30 and i seattle's a second year of an expansion and they were head and shoulders better than the montreal Can it wasn't even close it was yeah. they were by far the better team they outshot them by 20, and Montreal, it's it's kind of a dignified tank scenario right now where I think they'll look to trade some guys and they'll want to try to improve their draft position to maybe luck their way into getting, you know, Connor Bedard. I agree. Fully agree. There's there's nothing that you can do at this point. You're not chasing a playoff spot. Why not just get worse? Sell off some of these guys you're going to lose in a couple of years, the Hoffmans, the uh, Joel Edmondsons, whatever you can get rid of, I would get rid of now. Basically, tell your young guys, you know, you're in it for the long run. This is going to be a shitty year, guys. I'm sorry, but yeah. we have a bigger goal, a bigger goal ahead of us, and that's two, three years down the road when you guys can be starting to contend a little bit. Do you think Brendan Gallagher is tradable? What's he got? I'm not familiar with Montreal because I don't watch their games, but I. I want to say no, just because I don't know what his cap hit is. I feel like he makes more than five million. He does. It's almost six. He's not. A, he's not even close to that. He's not no. even close. And I haven't seen his stats, and I know that from a fact because he's been silenced from old Habs Nation about Gallagher. Those buddies that text me, Galley, Galley, they're not texting me anymore. Who would that be, Cole? I don't name my names. Just people. Just people yeah. who love the Habs. Yeah, he's yeah. one of them. Yes. Nothing to celebrate since the bubble. But yeah, they, those guys have been pretty silent for a couple of years. Those yeah. Habs fans that really gave it I mean, gave it to you. If Ken Hughes, that would be something else if they could find a way to move a guy like Gallagher and get that contract because they got some big like Coffin's got to go. He just he's got to go. Gallagher, if you could get rid of him, I think they can trade Josh Anderson and get something back because I do think he brings playoff value, right. and I think teams would be interested in him because he's different. Try to anybody else in the roster that Edmondson will have value. They can trade. They won't have to take much. They, they could trade him easy. I think teams would love to have Joel Edmondson added. Talking about back end, I think uh, Edmonton would love to have Joel Edmondson. He'd be perfect for that team. He'd be yeah. perfect. Take back Kulak, get Edmondson back kind of deal. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But maybe they could be wrong. They need, they need somebody, and he's on his pretty friendly contract, I guess. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Tough. What uh, what do you think about Vancouver? Is this? I mean, they're it's it's weird. Like JT Miller, I I, I was a lover of him. I hate him. Yeah. I can't stand him now. Like, yeah, like his <laughs> the media and his 
actions towards teammates makes me yeah. think that he's not going to play the rest of his contract in Vancouver. Yeah. Problem there is I think he's really tough to trade. Well, yeah, he, he, he slashed the back of his net, Juggy. Nobody, nobody likes him. He's a yeah. dick. He's playing like crap. Um, I think that's a summer trade because I think that's tough if they do move him. If I'm Vancouver, why why is Bo Horvat still on your roster? Why are you letting him score more goals? Trade him now. Trade him now because he's got 28 goals, which is fourth in the NHL, whatever it is. And – Trade him to trade him to the Boston Bruins. We know it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. He's going to end up there. Maybe replace Patrice Bergeron. That's just a prediction. That would make them even better. They'd be even more scary to your Leafs down the line with that three three headed monster at center. Exactly. But I, I to Vancouver trade Bo Horvat now before he gets injured. Something else happens because again, you should be losing right now too. Try to lose. Yeah. 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 It's, is it a matter of like a sign in trade? Is that why they are keeping him in the lineup? Cause they're like, yeah, well, we're not gonna, we're going to send you to, it's like kind of like the Kachuk deal. We're going to send you somewhere you want to go. So, and you can sign to long-term, but then I think at some point you just say, okay, well, we just got to trade you because we yeah. need something for you before. And you're more valuable trading now than 10 third, 10, 15 games from now. I, I think Horvat probably wouldn't love a sign in trade because he, I don't think he'll get as much money in Boston as he would in the open market. Oh, definitely not. Boston's no. going to uh, no. Uh, no, we'll give you this. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. That's, but, that's, yeah. The only reason, that's the only reason I can see them waiting, but you, you never know. Let's go to your other predictions for 2023. What okay. What do you see happening this year? Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the bats for a second. Um, okay. so I'm just going to ramble them off here. I know we're getting late into the pod. I have the Mets – Having a flop season. I don't care how much money they spend. They're having a flop season. Cohen looks like a freaking fool at the end of the, the next season. I think there's too much hype. It's going to get to the players. I, I get it. They've got a lot of bodies in there. Not going to happen. I think they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. Yep. Ooh, I like that. Spicy. They, they play. They play in a good division. It's not like they play in a toss away no, division. No, you're right. I, I'm right there with you. I yeah. just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to win. In yeah, baseball, you, yeah, they should ask. They should ask the. Is it Feinenbergers or what? What's, what's their name? The New York Yankee owners. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, Steinbrenners. Yeah, Steinbrenners. They yeah, spent a lot of money, and they the haven't won one since '09. Yeah, the Burgess. Um, my yeah. my other two predictions. Okay. Um, just rambling off this. Uh, <laughs> the start is uh, the start with uh, all the new changes coming up this year. Um, I think will improve viewership. Okay. I think it's got to. I think it has to. I think players are going to hate the new rules, but I think they'll learn to get used to them. I think we're going to see some unbelievable clips of players losing their minds in this 30-second or 24-second shot clock they got going on. And I think Shohei uh, Otani is dealt to New York, L.A., or San Diego. Yeah. I think he'll be a Dodger. I think – I hope he's a Dodger. I think he's going to join the team. Yeah. yeah. I think he, does he make – over 50 a year. Um, oof. I can't I, say why not because he's a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, I think so. And with the new – like, the Dodgers love to spend. Yeah. And I could see them being like, yeah, we, we want it on this guy for the next whatever it is, 10 seasons. 
right eight seasons so yeah i i can see him if not 50 maybe right under like a 48 47 type right. deal where he's almost the highest play average player of the year of the right. league sorry right i like any, that any mlb ones you got or are you switching? i don't got no i don't have any any mlb i got a few uh right off a quick one uh seattle kraken will win a playoff round Makes sense if they're in this division and they get yeah. like they're gonna they're gonna get the second or third spot in the Pacific. So yeah, I could see that. That's that's reasonable. I think Take they could. Be, I think they could beat LA. They played them. You know, I think it's a toss up, but I think they could beat them. Um, Connor Bedard will be a Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah, I heard you yesterday. You really want the league. You think Batman's gonna maybe? I, I think it's the best case for the league. I, to me, that's the the best place he can go. Yeah, I'm not sold on that because even though Chicago is the worst team, I feel like in the last number of years, the worst team still yeah. doesn't get the first yeah. overall pick, which is something of. I, I mean, it's good, obviously, because you can't. It's not like you're tanking and automatically getting it. Aside so. fandom, just thinking for the league, would you rather have him in Montreal or Chicago? Per, oh. As a fan, I guess Chicago because they just need they're going to need somebody here soon. I think even if you're with your Leaf thing, I still think Chicago's better because you don't need to sell Montreal. People are going to watch Montreal regardless. Yeah, I agree. You give Seth Jones. Seth Jones needs someone to pass the puck to, and I think yes. Connor Bedard could be that guy. Yeah. Any other predictions from you? Um, NFL, I got. Ooh. I'm on. I'm barred with you. San Francisco going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's going to happen. Purdy becomes their guy. Pretty good for twenty for good. Yeah, their guy. Quotation marks. I have it. Yeah. Um, Jags acquire an elite wide receiver in the off season. They've got Kirk. They've got Ingram. They're going to get somebody else to help them out, and they're going to get better and better. Love their team. Cooper Cup. Maybe trade. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets lose Mama's boy, and they get real. Mama's boy being Sackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all. I'm right. I'm, I'm reading these off, um, and I don't know. I and I don't know nothing about the UFC, but my goal is to watch more of it. It's come up, upcoming years. That's a part right. of I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I UFC one too. Sugar Sean O'Malley will become bantamweight champion of the world in 2023. So I think that'll yeah. happen in July. UFC Fight Week. I got Tom Brady will be a Las Vegas Raider. That's a prediction. Okay. Um, and my last one, Rory McIlroy will win his first green jacket and win the 2023 Masters. I love that one. Yeah. Love that one. Guys, I'm still sorry. My mind's still on <laughs> thinking about Brady and the Raiders jersey. That's kind of disturbing a little Can't bit. Can you just but... see it on the friggin' strip, old TV yeah. down there with all the honeys? Yeah, well, he's single, so he's got no reason uh, not to be. His tender's got to be just like Hall of Fame level. Just. <laughs> yeah, he just puts TB12 and that's it. It's just yeah. no picture, just swipe right every time. Yeah, just, just TB, say, who dis, you know. But what's, uh, what's on the agenda for you this week? Not too much, man. I'm uh, pretty busy with work, but I'm going to try and grow myself. And buddy texted me today, golf simulator, question mark. So uh, maybe checking on that. I've never been to one, so eager. And I'll, I'll let you know how the swing's looking. Got that itch already. My my brother bought golf clubs this week. So he's already, you know, once, once someone sends me the clubs, it's like, okay, let's get this winter thing going so I can get it behind me. Right. 
Any uh, any shows you're watching? Any movies? Yeah, um, just finished. What was it? I just finished the House of Dragon, which was good. I recommend that to anyone who's interested in Game of Thrones. Kaleidoscope, the new Netflix yeah, show, Netflix. Uh, I yeah. loved it. Watched all of it over the course of the weekend. Show of the year so far for me. That it's for anything that's new. Um, unbelievable. Do you know much about it? Do you know anything? I've read up on it that you can watch the episodes in any order and it'll somehow make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's people are, you know, battling online. My order is better. My order is better, you know, and you get a generic order when you go on to Netflix, but you can definitely look up much better ones. I'm not going to spew off mine right now, but we were really happy with ours. Um, yeah. It doesn't really matter. You can watch them in any order and stuff more and more stuff gets revealed, but great ending to the show. Uh, phenomenal acting by Gene and, Juan Carlo Esposito. You know Carlo Esposito. The, the guy. He's the man. Like that was forever. He'll be Gus, but to me, that was like a second to none performance. Nice. I like that. He's he's one of my faves. Yeah. No. I um, I I, I love. I'm tell you, great show on Amazon. It's Bosch. I'm I'm in love with the show. I'm gonna go home and finish season six. And I season four wasn't for me, but every other scene was very, very good. It gets what I love about the show is it talks a lot about police protocols that you wouldn't you don't even hear about in other shows. Different HR violations, different things you have to go through your captain to go through your lieutenant. I find that super interesting because you don't think you don't hear that on other shows. Mm-hmm. And you know, the characters herself are, are very compelling and there's different cases every season. So Love Bosch. I texted you last night. I watched The Fablemans, about Steven Spielberg's life. Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, one of our faves from uh, Prisoners, and unfortunately he was in The Batman. But he um, really good movie. Oscar nom for sure. Again, it's all about Steven Spielberg's life, one of the best filmmakers of all time. And he did it again. It's another real. It's another really good movie. So I recommend anybody to watch The Fablemans. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, I had to. T- I, I did my list of the best content that I watched in 2022. Okay. One of my last podcasts. And I have to tell you. Of course, I want you to watch The Fablemans. I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't recommend it to you unless I think you'll like it. All right. But I need you to get Apple, and I can give you my code or get the free trial, whatever you want to do, and watch Blackbird. I oh, watched okay. it, I but it is, it's so good. And I'm telling you, you got you to gotta watch it. It's only All six right. episodes. You can do it in two nights. Quit the free trial. Get out of there. But it's the acting superb, and the show is so interesting. So that, that's one show for me that I, I gotta, I'm got telling you, you got to watch. Okay, Blackbird, The Fablesman, and Bosch listed yeah i like that is it strange that steven spielberg makes a movie about himself yes but it's so steven spielberg <laughs> uh i love it i love it i, oh, I did think cameron would do it first because he's such a fucking egomaniac <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're you're not wrong i i think mm-hmm. you're pretty you hit that one spot on yeah um yeah. Once again, thanks for having me on. These are, yeah. you know, these are predictions we should revisit. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep mine close to heart. I'm gonna remember yep. yours, and yep. I think, you know, we can visit, revisit them after the Masters. We can revisit them after the Super Bowl. After, you know what I mean? And it'll be fun. Like this yep. is, this is something we should um, definitely tally on and not just spew off. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Who's uh, who's 
One football game, your most confident prediction, who's winning this weekend? Um, goddamn Chiefs have to have a bye. Yeah. Um, San Fran? Seattle? Seattle. <laughs> uh, yeah, why, why not? San, San Fran, it's in the books. I'm sorry. Love, love that they made the playoffs. Cinderella story. No. I got San Fran going to the finals. I got to have them winning. Okay. Or else I just don't sound confident myself. San Fran. I like that too. I got them winning. Yeah. Minus yeah, 10. Pretty, their guy. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty thanks good. for having me on, my guy. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the night. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. There's Seamus, everybody. Good to talk to him. And uh, I'll agree to have him back on the on the program. Fun show today, everybody. Tomorrow's Wednesday already, hump day. We'll be back. We'll get into the NHL action tonight. A lot of interesting games. Devils, Hurricanes are playing tonight. We also got Rangers and the Minnesota Wild. We got Vegas, Florida. So we'll talk about some NHL action from over the night, get into some NBA and any other headlines that come across the airwaves. So until then, have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. Just to the point.